Welcome back to another exciting episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore on the Radio of Horror Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin, his co-host. And tonight we're talking about the monster at the end of this book. We don't have a monster per se we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about all the supernatural book tie-ins to this episode. The Winchester Gospels, if you would, which were written by the character Chuck uh, Carver Edlin, a.k.a. God, sorry, We've kind of gone over this before in other episodes. Chuck is God. Also, if you couldn't figure that out by now, you're... Um, I'm assuming if you're watch, listening to this podcast, you have listened to this show. Or watched the show, sorry. I believe... Doesn't Chuck do a podcast now with Gabriel? Um, yes. Yes, yeah. he does. They do a binge watch, like a, an episode-by-episode episode watch of the show. For episodes neither one of the actors are in. <laughs> They got 15 years of that show to cover. That's gonna be, they're going to be doing that podcast for a long time. <laughs> yeah. They already have over like 500 reviews on iTunes. Of course they do. Of course they do. Mel Heflin has the plot synopsis for us. Okay, this was season four, episode 18. Its original air date was April 2nd, 2009. An author has been writing books about Sam and Dean since 2005. Sam and Dean try to figure out how much he knows about them. Yes, and uh, like I said, this is the, um, the the first introduction of Chuck, the prophet. Uh, we learn about prophets, and we learn about Chuck, and we learn about like all that entails. Um, and Chuck becomes kind of a recurring character until he's eventually revealed to be God himself. I didn't see that coming, actually. A lot of people apparently called it, but I did not. I didn't see that. that coming until the end of the season five, when he disappears. He does the disappearing. Yeah, because at the end of this episode, I forget which angel but one of the angels comes and like whisks him away like i don't know yeah and then at some point castiel says chuck is dead um which i thought was kind of like what yeah they don't usually kill like major characters off screen like that no 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 but um you know they they need to find out a little bit about the uh the books and um they discover an online fandom sam girls dean girls slash fans Oh my gosh. I couldn't imagine like an actual person seeing that. How strange it would be if the Winchesters were real and finding out there were Slash fans. Yeah, I mean, they're really uncomfortable with the whole thing. So they go and they meet like a, a book. There's like a book dealer. Now, anytime an episode of anything ever takes place at like a bookstore, I absolutely love it. And uh, we have uh, we have a couple of book characters in this. Uh, we have Michael P. Northey, who plays the bookstore owner, where they find the books. He's been in many things like Fido, Alvin and the Chipmunks, um, Alone in the Dark, the god-awful Catwoman movie. He's still working today. He was just on the recent uh, Charmed, and he was in DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and then also, don't we meet a girl with like a tattoo on her butt? Um, they had to prove their fandom, that they were fans of the fandom to her. And I thought that was hilarious, just saying their birthdays and 
then revealing their tattoos. And then she reveals that she has one right on her ass. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is... Okay, so Michael P. Northey just plays comic book store owner, which, again, awesome. But uh, who's the, the, the girl with the tattoo on her butt? Is that the wait? That's not the waitress, right? No, no, that was the publisher. Okay, is that Sarah? I'm not sure. I just... Um, I, I believe she was the publisher. Yeah, she, the, act, the photo of the actress looks a little bit too old to be her. Because um, we also have cop, mother, daughter, waitress, uh, Sarah, Chuck, Lilith, Zach, Zachariah, Castiel, Dean, Sam. Yeah, who is that? Okay, well, we continue looking for that. But uh, Jeremy Carver, by the way, is one of the story people behind Supernatural. So Edlin Carver is kind of named after him. Okay, so we listed, we went through, and we got all 17 books. We don't actually own these. But all 17 books together of Supernatural's tie-in novels, which is pretty good. Yes. Yes. And, and, and there's an honorable mention as well. And I own four of them total. I don't, own, I don't own any of them. They have been on my to-read list for like six months. So the first one is Nevermore. Why don't you read the plot synopsis for that and who the author is? Nevermore was written by Keith R.A. DeCandido, and it's about Sam and Dean have a hit, have hit New York City to check out a local rocker's haunted house. But before they can figure out why a lovesick banshee in an 80s heavy metal t-shirt is wailing in the bedroom, a far more macabre crime catches their attention. Not far from the house, two university students were beaten to death by an assailant. A murder bizarre, even by New York City standards. The latest in a line of killings that the brothers soon suspect are based on a creepy stories written by Edgar Allan Poe. Their investigation leads them to the center of Poe's horror classics face-to-face with the most terrifying foe yet. And if Sam and Dean don't rewrite the ending of this chilling tale, a grisly serial killer will end their lives forever. And this book takes place between season two, um, Crossroads, Blues, and Croton. That would be one I'd be interested in reading because they never covered Edgar Allan Poe on the show. Unless I'm mistaken. And people, you can leave a comment. Leave it politely. But I don't remember an Edgar Allan Poe-centered episode. No, I don't either. Anything about the Raven? Anything about Black Cat? I don't... uh, The Telltale Heart? They mentioned Poe. I know they have mentioned Poe. And you'll probably keyword search Supernatural TV show and Poe. But I swear to God, they've never did anything with Poe, which was a big disappointment. What can you tell us about the author, Mel? The author has a Goodreads account. What is a Goodreads account? Goodreads.com is essentially Facebook for people who read a lot, like me. It's essential in my job. Um, Should I be involved with Goodreads because I am a published author? Probably. You should probably have a Goodreads account. Definitely, definitely. I have a Goodreads um, author page because I do the audiobooks. And it looks like he's pretty active on here. Uh, cool. Um, just anything in particular you've read of his? or? Uh, no, I do own Nevermore, but I do not. Um, no. I, I haven't read Nevermore yet. I own it. When does so. Nevermore take place in the canon of the show? Do we know? Between season two episodes, Crossroad Blues and Crotone. Cool. Um, so the next episode, uh, sorry, the next, um, the next one on the list is Witch's Canyon, and that is written by Jeff Marionette, um, 66 years old, so he's been writing for quite a long time, too, by the way. Um, he's also written, um, the novel tie-in to 30 Days of Night, and he wrote, uh, novels for Criminal Minds, so he's written a few tie-in novels of things. He's published 70 novels. 
Wow. Yeah. Let's see, which is Canyon? I got it right here. Sam and Dean have set out on a road trip to the Grand Canyon, but there is no vacation for the brothers. On a stretch of deserted ranch land just beyond the canyon's stunning vistas, mysterious murder sprees have occurred every 40 years. The area's inhabitants have been few and far between in the past few years, but a nearby mega mall is about to celebrate its grand opening and attract thousands of fresh victims. The Winchester boys are determined to protect locals and shoppers alike, but they never anticipate they'd be fighting a group of killers in the vicious this vicious, this vindictive, vindictive, this dead. A deadly horde of animal spirits and human ghosts have arisen to terrorize the tiny core of the Arizona desert. If Sam and Dean can't figure out what the wide open spaces of the West will once become a desolate frontier, and the Witch's Canyon will be the brothers' final resting place. It takes place a week after uh, Nevermore and before the Croatoan episode. So that's pretty cool. Uh, why don't, yeah, why don't you go on to Bone Key? All right, our next book is Bone Key, also written by Keith R.A. DeCandido. And this one is about Sam and Dean are headed for Key West, Florida, home to Hemingway. Hurricanes and a whole lot of demons. The tropical town has so many ghouls on the loose that one of its main moneymakers has been a long series of ghost tours. But the tours are no more, not since one of the guides was found dead of an apparent heart attack, his face frozen mid-scream. No one knows what horrors he saw, but the Winchester brothers are about to find out. Soon, they'll be face-to-face with ghosts on the island's most infinite, infamous residence, demons with a hidden agenda and mysterious power looking for revenge. It's up to Sam and Dean to save the citizens of Key West. This, before the beautiful island is reduced to nothing more than just a pile of bones. This one takes place after the third season episode a very supernatural christmas um and what uh, what about the author the same as the first one keith r.a.d candido gotcha all right heart of the dragon uh when renegade angel castile alerts sam and dean to a series of br- particularly brutal killings in the san francisco chinatown they realize the heart of the dragon an ancient evil of unspeakable power is back john winchester faced the terrifying spirit 20 years ago, okay, just saying, I'm expecting to see that on the upcoming Winchester TV series, and the Campbell family fought it 20 years before that. Can the Boys Succeed Where Their Parents and Grandparents Failed takes place during Season 5. Now, by the way, uh, quick thing, Mitch Pelegi has been cast to return as Grandpa Campbell, the most useless character from Season 6. Oh my gosh. I am not sorry, people, but the Campbell plotline was the dumbest most boring, useless, fucking unbelievably badly written storyline of Supernatural because they just murdered the Campbells and then it was like, oh, we're done with that. Painful. It was nothing to do with the show. It was there for a hot minute. Like, they were all these Campbell background characters. Coronemic of the Stan television series and Stargate and Parker Lewis Can't Lose fame just had nothing to do. I even asked him, like, what were you doing, like, in half these episodes? And he's like, I don't know sometimes. <laughs> There's an episode where he's, like, torturing a woman in a very kind of provocatively sexual way, but he's just, like, it's not actually him doing it, but he told me he was just, like, standing there on the floor and she just kind of rides around. Yeah, just... And then what? The the Campbell, the, like the debt Grandpa Campbell made a deal with Crowley to bring back Mary. Oh, Dean made a better deal with Amara later on and got Mary to come back. Not even in that, that not even being the reward he was expecting. Rough. 
that whole plotline rough. I am all, and I'm also not sorry. I love the actress who plays Mary Campbell, but older Mary Campbell. But um, bringing her back just to kill her off again was really stupid. It was really rough. Yeah, the whole. Right. Who wrote Heart of the Dragon? The Heart of the Dragon was written by Keith R. A. DeCandido. All right. Uh, why don't we go on to the Unholy Cause? The Unholy Cause. This one was written by Joe Schreiber. I hope I'm saying that name right. And this was about way back in 1862, Confederate Captain Jubal Beauchamp leads a charge against a Georgia battleground. Fast forward to 2009 and a Civil War reenactment becomes all too real. When Sam and Dean head down south to investigate, they find out that the history has gotten somewhat out of hand. This one takes place during season five. That uh, synopsis is not much. No, not much, but that's totally fine. And who was written? The, who, who wrote the Unholy Cause again? Joe Strieber. Oh, he has uh, quite a few books. It doesn't give me a number, but it looks like he's written a lot: Death Troopers, Red Harvest, Arvar, Crazy European Chick, Mal, Mal Lockdown. 23 distinct works, it says. And then on to the next one, uh, we have War of the Sons. 27 years ago, Sam and Dean Winchester lost their mother to a mysterious, demonic, supernatural force. And the years after, their father John taught them about the paranormal evil that lives in the dark corners and on the back roads of America. On the hunt for Lucifer, the boys find themselves in a small town in South Dakota where they meet Don, an angel with proposition. Don sends them, sends them a very long way from home on her mission to uncover the secret, the secret Satan never wanted them to find out. Takes place shortly after the season five episode, My Bloody Valentine. That sound really cool, but it also sounds very continuity changing, and I guarantee the show does not represent anything that was written in these books. Some of these make it sound like they're trying to. Some of these sound like they're trying to change the canon yes. of the series. This episode was written by Rebecca Desertine. Um, who also wrote One Year Gone, and David Reed, who also wrote this Bobby Singer's Supernatural Guide, the, the Bobby Singer's Guide to Hunting. Ooh. Why don't you go on to the next one, One Year Gone, which is the uh, which is a big one uh, for something the show never covers, is the missing year between five and seasons five and six. Uh, this one was also written by Rebecca Dessertine, and this one's about Dean believes that Sam is in hell, so he's trying to keep his promise to his brother and live a normal life with Lisa and Ben when he realizes that a spell in the Necronomicon could rise Lucifer and therefore Sam. He convinces his new family to travel with him on vacation to Salem. Meanwhile, Sam is not as far away as Dean thinks and is determined to protect his brother from the Salem witches. That novel takes place in the untold events of the missing year between seasons five and six. Wow, the Salem Witches. Again, something else they never touched upon was the Salem Witches. They mentioned the Salem Witch Trials before, but they never... Yeah, we never got anything about the Salem Witches or, like, you know, some type of, like, you know, um, ramifications for the Salem Witch Trials or anything like that. So uh, something else I really wish they would have done. Next one is Coyote's Kiss. Uh, A truck full of illegal Mexican immigrants slaughtered with supernatural forces found by the side of the road. Trying to find answers, Sam and Dean are plunged into darkness. Uh, sorry, into a, the dangerous world that exists along the Mexican border. They encounter a tattooed, pistol-packing bandita on a motorcycle who seems to be everywhere they go before they get there. 
Exochi Cazadora draws them into a whole new world of monsters takes place during season six. Now, the question is when they say takes place during season six, is this before Sam's reinsold re or afterwards? And does this involve the, the, you know, the, the bad plot line of the Campbells? Um, you know, I couldn't find any elaboration on that. That's fine. Now, which one of these books did you say you have? I own Nevermore. I believe I own, actually, Coyote's Kiss, and I know I have The Roads. Yeah, you said Nevermore, Coyote's Kiss was the other one I couldn't remember you said you had. Yeah, All right. and I also have um, Roads Not Taken. And uh, who wrote Coyote's Kiss? Coyote's Kiss was by Christina Faust. What's funny is that, uh, just hearing about coyotes, I saw a dead coyote on the side of the road or the highway in Mass Pike today. I was kind of shocked. Yeah. Christina Faust. Uh, has 67 distinct words. Wow. Uh, Chokehold, Money Shot, they all look like these little like, kind of crime noir stories that she's written for Titan books. Very interesting. All right, let's go on to the next one, Night Terror. In Night Terror, this is by John Passarella. This is alerted to the strange happenings of Clayton Falls, Colorado. Bobby sends the boys to check it out. A speeding car with no driver, a homeless man pursued by a massive gila monster, a little boy chased by uprooted trees. It all sounds like fun stuff of nightmares. The boys fight to survive a series of terrifying nightmares, realizing that sometimes the nightmares don't just go away, even when you're awake. It takes place during season six. Let's see. Okay. And uh, next up is um, and, and anything about that author? Um, he has 28 distinct works. Wow. Anything in particular to point out? Um, it looks like he writes a bunch of horror stuff. Cool. Next up, we have Rite of Passage. 30 years ago, Sam and Dean Winchester lost their mother to a demo... Wait a minute. Oh, okay, so that's just the plot of the show. Laura Hill, uh, New Jersey, is beginning to look a lot like the unluckiest place on Earth when a series of mishaps hit the town. But Sam and Dean suspect it's more than just bad luck. Along with Bobby Singer, the brothers soon realize that a powerful Japanese demon is encouraging the chaos, but the demon has bigger plans, and they are going to need to make it their own luck to stop it. Takes place in Season 7, after Slash Fiction, and before How to Win Friends and Influence Monsters. So obviously also before Bobby Singer is killed off. Um, oh. they, encountered, uh, they encountered the Japanese drinking demon as well. Don't forget with, um, you know, Garth. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bobby encounters a Japanese demon in his uh, Supernatural Hunting Guidebook. Very nice. Yeah. John Passarelli is the author of this. He also wrote the Halloween uh, 2018 tie-in novel, as well as uh, Grim, The Chopping Ground, which is a, super, which is a grim tie-in novel, and Supernatural Night Terrors in Joyride. Excellent. On to the next one, Fresh Meat. Fresh Meat by Alice Henderson. A rash of strange deaths in the Tahoe National Forest brings Sam Dean and Bobby to the Sierra Nevada mountains to hunt a monster with a taste for flesh. Soon, walking corpses, bodies, and missing organs and attacks from a mysterious flying creature lead the trio to a cunning and deadly foe which can assume a human form and will do anything to survive. When a blizzard strikes the area and not knowing who they can trust, they must battle not only the monster but also the elements to survive. That's just as it takes place during Season 7. It looks like Alice Henderson has 26 distinct works. Wow. Anything in particular to note? No. All right. Carved in flesh. After Sam and Dean Winchester lost their mother, um, yeah, we are. Uh, after their father's demonic death, they discover they are descended from a long line of hunters and continue to close. Uh, rumors of the big black dog roaming in Brennan, Ohio, 
along with the local discovery of newly dead but de de decimated corpses, attract the attention of Sam and Dean. When they catch the monster's canines, it turns out to be a Frankenmutt, a reanimated patchwork of pieces from separate dogs. Soon the brothers are on the trail that leads the mad scientist from biotechnology to a centuries-old alchemist, walking corpses, and ancient benevolent powers. Also takes place during Season 7. Interesting to note is that Sam and Dean never do a Frankenstein monster fight. Sorta, kinda... The season that Dean is a demon, we do meet, like, a Frankenstein family, but they're all, like, good-looking CW people. And Dean, like, kind of goes crazy because of the whole demon stuff and kills one of them, and it's not very well done. It leads to the death of uh, uh, Charlie, and it sucks because it's a badly done Frankenstein plotline. Yeah, that one was. That was terrible. I don't mind they killed off Charlie. It sucked they killed her off, but... The whole Frankenstein family thing was just badly written, and they're not, it's not, like, I wanted a Frankenstein monster. I wanted a patchwork-looking monster, you know? I absolutely do. Yeah, I didn't want a family of Frankenstein scientists that make themselves look better. That's pretty yeah. much what we got. Tim Wagoneer has written several of the Supernatural novels that we are covering right now, by the way. And so many books. Yes, a uh, long history. Let's go on to Cold Fire. Cold Fire. Um, this one was written by John Passarella again. While replacing sections of his rotten wooden fence, Dave Holcomb, a new homeowner in Brandon Heights, Indiana, hears a baby's cry from behind a utility shed and investigates. Hours later, his wife returns home to find his eyeless corpse. But Dave is only the first victim, first of many male victims butchered by the supernatural murderer with a distinct MO. And now the Winchesters discovered that a pregnant woman in Braden Heights is a, has begun to go missing. This one takes place between season 10 episodes about a boy and halt and catch fire. Yes. Uh, going on to Mythmaker, teenage Renee Menendez is a talented artist living in a small Illinois town. She loves drawing and strange beings that feature in her dreams. Without realizing that what she depicts them on paper, they come to life in the real world. These gods begin to seek worshippers and battle for supremacy, killing humans and each other until one, until only the two strongest remain. Sam and Dean come to town to investigate the murderers and miracles these new gods perform, slaying some of them in the process. The last two gods standing prepare for the final conflict, which only one will survive. The brothers must find a way to stop the gods' war between the entire town erupts. Takes place during season 10. And who wrote Mythmaker? That one was also by uh, Tim Wagner. Cool. The Usual Sacrifices. The Usual sacrifi Sacrifices, <laughs> there I go, is written by Ivan Navarro. And this is when Sam and Dean head to Kentucky to investigate a rash of unexplained disappearances in a town close to Mammoth Cave. They're told local folklore about um, the mysterious cave. The sacrifices it requires to ensure the town's prosperity. That sounds familiar. Could the disappearances be linked to the ritual, or is it another brand of evil at work? This one takes place during Season 10, sometime between The Hunter Games and Halt and Catch Fire, and possibly even before Supernatural Cold Fire. I don't know why the books are listed in this order, and yet one might take place before the other. I don't know. All right, and uh, the author is written... This one is Yvonne Navarro, and she has 111 distinct works. It looks like she writes... Um, series, and they're all pretty supernatural looking. She also has Buffy, um, like spinoff books. Wow. And then next up we have Joyride. Uh, 
Sam and Dean have spent their entire lives on the road battling kinds of supernatural. Over the years, the dozens of bloody adventures they have faced everything from the yellow-eyed demon that killed their mother to vampires. They discover the threat they vanquish opens a new door for the evil to enter in. At the stroke of midnight, everyone awakes in a small Missouri town suddenly falls unconscious in the middle of whatever they're doing. When Sam and Dean investigate, the town seems peaceful, but they soon uncover a wave of strange behavior, streaking petty vandalism, random violence, and nobody can remember why they did it. With reports of strange shadows and horrible murders, the Winchesters dig deep into the town's secrets and cover a tragedy years in the making it takes place during season 12. Enjoy Ride, I believe, was written by... John Passarella. Ah, yes, okay. Guy's got a lot of good work. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Supernatural books, by the way. Nice. And then the last one, Children of Anubis, which was the last book uh, written, uh, which is funny because they still have three seasons of the show to go. Yeah. Uh, This one was also written by Tim Wagner. Sam and Dean Winchester have spent their... Oh, sorry, that was the uh, synopsis of the entire... Uh, yeah, thanks. some of the books I noticed on the back, of, uh, having seen them, do keep putting that on there, and some don't. They just go right to the book's plot line. Uh, Sam and Dean travel to Indiana to investigate a murder that could be the work of a werewolf, but soon discover that werewolves aren't the only things going bump in the night. The town is also home to a pack of jackals who worship the god Anubis. Kyrian-eating scavengers who hate werewolves. With the help of Garth, ooh, we have Garth, the Winchester brothers, must stop the werewolf jackal turf war before it engulfs the town and before the god Anubis is awakened. This book takes place after season 12, the one you've been waiting for. So, and then that's it. There was just a 17. Now, you said there was another book that was mentioned. I love, 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 love this book. I haven't read it yet, but it's a choose-your-own-adventure book. Ooh, neat. Um, this one is also written by Tim Wagner. First time ever, you can make decisions along Sam and Dean Winchester in their quest to battle monsters, demons, for every bad, big bad looking to crawl out of the recesses of America's small towns. Open up a local paper in a diner and pick which strange occurrence the boys investigate first. Jump headfirst into your very own adventure with the Winchester brothers and pick your cover story. Will you be an FBI agent, a reporter, or a bikini inspector? Figure out which lead to help follow. Decide to split up or stay together. Do you call Bobby Singer for help? And remember, the clock is ticking. If you make the wrong decision, another victim could meet a dark and gory death. Demons, spirits, and ghouls lurk around every corner, waiting to drop, get the drop on Sam and Dean. Only by following the clues, interviewing the right suspects, and making the right choices can lead them to victory. This heart-pounding interactive adventure will be broken down into a series of five original stories, each branching storylines to multiple endings, all based on choices the reader makes. Sounds so fun. I own this one, and I... I can't believe I haven't read that one yet. Oh, wow. I definitely have to look it up. I've not ever heard of that one before. Yeah, it's, it's like, not part of the series, but, oh, my gosh, it looks so good. Yeah, it sounds it just sounds just as good as well. Um, well, that is it for books that are kind of these fictional stories that would be seen in the episode that we're talking about. We're not getting into a lot of the other books, like the Bobby Singer Journal or the Diary of John Winchester, which we've gone over and kind of like acts like a, hey, have the book with you when you're watching the episode. And we've had book authors on that have covered um, some supernatural stuff too. And uh, maybe we'll have one of those on again. I definitely would love to have that Choose Your Own Adventure author on. 
to chat with. That would be really cool if we can reach out to them. So we'll have to see about that in the future. We will be back in about another month with another exciting episode covering ghouls here on the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast. And we'll be all pretty much done with Season 4 coming up very soon, uh, a little later this year with our episode about Lucifer, because we, we, we suddenly realized we've never done an episode on Lucifer, but this is the first time he's going to be appearing in Lucifer Rising, too. So we probably hadn't had a reason to do it. Stay tuned for that. And we also have a very uh, entertaining episode involving House of Wax and Paris Hilton coming up. We're probably not going to be able to get Harris Hilton on the show, but maybe we can get the director of House of Wax on the show. I just got the Blu-ray from Scream Factory, so we'll go into more details about that as it gets closer. Thank you for everyone. Mel, where can everyone find you? Everybody can find me at Mel Heflin on various social medias. And you can find me on the uh, other podcasts I do here on the Radio Power YouTube channel. Uh, sorry, Radio Horror Channel of Podcast, uh, the Dead TV Podcast. You can also pick up my book, Vlada, A Dracula Tale, Vlada, A Graphic Novel, Vlada, uh, The Audiobook, Vlada, um, The Short Story Collection, which is coming out later this year as well. And I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore Podcast, and we'll be back. Bye, everybody. In the shadows you can hear